0: Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carenti, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all of the support as always. Been a couple weeks without a new episode, but we are back on a regular schedule. So I appreciate the patience and uh, hanging with us while we got back on schedule here with. Some last minute vacations, kids going back to school, just general real life and work craziness, but we're back with some new fire intro music as well, so figured a good opportunity with a couple weeks off there to uh, maybe rebrand a little bit. Not rebrand, but you know, liven things up, switch things up. It's been a couple years, so you gotta keep the people guessing sometimes, right? Well, preseason's in the books, cut down days here. I'm recording this on Tuesday, August 30th, so NFL teams had to cut to 53-man rosters today. We saw a bunch of players help their sell, help their stocks uh, over the course of the preseason. Some players heard it, but what I wanted to do today, now that preseason's in the books, now that um, we can kind of put all that stuff behind us, the regular season's coming. Right, was a good logical time for kind of an overhaul of not overhaul, but tweak, big tweak to my dynasty ranking. So I thought this would be a good spot to kind of hit pause. Check in on the rankings, see who some of the n- notable movers up or down across all position groups were. Um, not something where we're we'll talk through, you know, the t- entire list line by line for each position, but hit the high notes across all position groups and just kind of touch on who moved up the most, who moved down the most, what's kind of changed, what's kind of stayed the same. So, without further ado, I guess before we get right into it, if you're new here and if you haven't listened to this podcast before, and if you're not already. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. Uh, We've got new episodes of this show on a regular basis, on a normal time, coming every week, aside from the end of summer here. So weekly episodes will still keep coming. Um, You can follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive, which we'll get back to updating a little more regularly than I have over the past few months, unfortunately. And, yeah, you can also listen to... Uh, the Dynasty Big Board, which is a podcast I co-host with Ryan Searfoss and Eric Adams over on the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network feed. And you can become a patron of the Rookie Big Board for as low as $3 a month and gain access to my full Dynasty Rankings. That's the exclusive location of my Dynasty Rankings, and uh, as well as Consensus Devy Rankings and all types of good stuff. So head over to patreon.com slash board. And you're not going to want to miss out on any of the stuff that's over there as well. So with all that stuff out of the way, let's check in on the rankings and start with quarterback. Um, Just want to break this down by position group, you know, specific, not like a top 200 or anything like that. You can see that stuff kind of all over the place. And for sake of talking through these individual players, I like to break it down by position. So starting with quarterback, I'll tell you the top three that I have haven't changed and Not that I'm trying to go against the grain with this. I still have Patrick Mahomes ranked as the top quarterback. Josh Allen right behind him. I know that's kind of uh, against the grain from a lot of what's out there. And I love Allen. He's an alien. He's a great player. Pleasure to watch. Uh, Fantastic for fantasy. I know it's, I don't want to say become like commonplace to ding Pat Mahomes, but there's been a lot of, he doesn't have Tyreek this year. And, you know, things are changing and the, you know, the new guard, but Patrick Mahomes for my money is still the best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's still going to have a terrific year. Uh, I think, you know, there's not like a clear age gap between him and Allen, like there would be with some of the older guys that would put Allen easily ahead of him for me. To be fair, I don't think you go wrong with any of these top three quarterbacks for different reasons to a degree, but For my money, it's still Pat Mahomes, one, Josh Allen, two, and Lamar Jackson, number three. Look, I'm just not going to throw the, we all kind of cling to the next running quarterback, but Lamar is the benchmark, right? For running quarterbacks right now, Lamar is the benchmark, uh, and that is incredibly valuable in my opinion, uh, and keeps him in the top three. The top, the next two players, four and five, I flip-flopped them uh Justin Herbert is my quarterback 4 moved him up one spot Joe Burrow is quarterback 5 moved him down one spot so the top 5 remains largely unchanged aside from that one tweak the biggest kind of movement in these top tiers of quarterbacks is for the time being I moved Deshaun Watson down 5 spots to quarterback 13 the caveat being and aside from opinions on the suspension and all that aside the fact for me is that by the time he plays football again it's going to be quite some time uh, since we've seen him play football and of course when we last saw him play pro football I think he was I want to say quarterback 5 in consecutive seasons that's just going off like my brain I haven't double checked that right in front of me Uh, but if I remember correct I want to say he was QB 5 in consecutive seasons and all the talent in the world but with that much time off it gives me a little concern. I don't. It's not that I don't think he can go back to being the same uh, caliber quarterback that he was, but for the time being, he's got to come down a little bit because some of the other guys, young and old, had to move up a couple spots ahead of him. Trey Lance has moved into my top 12. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was in my top 12. I've moved him up to quarterback 10. So uh, Lawrence is at 10 for those keeping score on the young guys or the second-year guys. I have Trevor Lawrence, quarterback 10. Trey Lance, quarterback 11. Uh, Zach Wilson 15 Justin Field 16 Mac Jones 17 so I value that uh, last year's class of quarterback still pretty pretty highly outside of the top players at quarterback not a ton of movement a lot of you know up one down one down a couple up a couple except for Baker Mayfield I moved Baker Mayfield up um mainly because he was moved all the way down until we knew where he'd be starting so baker slots in as quarterback 26 for me right now uh not a huge like long-term play for me but on leagues where or on rosters where i really needed a second or third quarterback i'm glad if i held on to baker or if i bought cheap um during you know the kind of turbulence following trading for watson in Cleveland. Because I think that even if he's not great for the Panthers in real-life football, he'll still return low-end QB2 value, like QB2 or high-end QB3, and that matters in Superflex. So those are the biggest kind of movers. Movers and shakers at the quarterback position, nothing too, too noteworthy. Moving on to running back. Similar to quarterback, the top hasn't changed for me. Quart- running back one, two, three, four, still the same as it was from earlier on this summer. I have Jonathan Taylor, number 1. DeAndre Swift, number two, Najee Harris, running back three, and Javante Williams, running back four. I don't think you can go wrong with a single one of those guys. Love them all. Uh, top four stays the same. Inside the top 12, a couple guys, you know, moved up the most. Christian McCaffrey, I moved him back up to running back five. It's tough with McCaffrey because of the age and the injuries, but you know, there's question marks about a lot of these guys. And for me, the other guy that moved up the most inside the top 12 is uh, New York Jets running back Brees Hall. And I had Brees Hall at 13. I moved him up to 11. I think Hall's going to be a very good player. But it's tough for me. I'm not saying this is wrong for people that do it. It's tough for me to put Hall above guys that I've seen do it before at this league or at this level um, with some players that we you know are still... More so than a player like him, who we're still wondering to see it about. You know, like it's tough for me to move him ahead of guys like Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I know some people have him ranked real high, and I don't hate it at all. Uh, kudos to you, but my process is, you know, sometimes I I'm happy to be high on him. I think it's proper to rank him as a running back one, uh, but I just want to see a little bit before we rank him in that top eight, six, five, something of that nature. Moving down again next year is kind of like small ups, small downs, aside from two guys that round out the running back two kind of group inside that top 24. Travis Etienne I moved up five spots to running back 15. I really love Etienne, uh, even if James Robinson is there healthy and contributing. I really love Etienne. He's an electric player who I think, um, since we haven't seen him in over a year, aside from you know small clips and small doses, it's tough to kind of forget Or it's easy, rather, to forget uh, the caliber of player that he was coming out of Clemson. He's going to be very fun if he remains healthy and going to be a big-time fantasy asset. So ETM moved up to running back 15 and moved up 14 spots to running back 21, Ramondre Stevenson. I'm all the way in on Ramondre Stevenson. He is probably the player I've targeted the most over the course of this offseason in trades. I've tried to trade for as many shares of Ramondre Stevenson as I could. I liked Stevenson pre-draft. We saw what he was capable of um, this past season in some capacity. I think this is the year he begins to take over that backfield. And James White retiring is going to leave some passing game work available for him. I think it's much more likely Stevenson uh, chips in that additional passing game work over somebody like Damian Harris. Stevenson, I think, has the best shot to carve out whatever is closest to a three-down role in New England. There'll be multiple players involved there. But Stevenson is a guy that I want this year and moving forward. I think hopefully he traded for him this past offseason because I do think it's going to get notably more expensive to acquire him from this point forward. Those are the couple in the top running back group. Now, Leonard Fournette, I moved down six spots. I have him just outside the top 24. He's my running back 25. I love uh, Leonard Fournette on a contending roster for this season. I just don't know how much you're getting past this season. And that's fine on a contending team, you know, go get your championship or try and get your championship. But for context, I have Leonard Fournette 25. I have Rashad white 27. I think Rashad white is going to be very involved in Tampa Bay this year um, with his passing game chops. And he sometimes like, we love to point out how good of a receiver he was at Arizona state. He's a Very good running back too. and this is a more than capable runner. And I think Tampa Bay should have visions of, trying to keep Leonard Fournette healthy for their stretch run and to make the playoffs and compete in playoffs, contend in the playoffs. And if that's the case, Rashad White is going to have an opportunity to have a real weekly role on a high-powered offense led by the greatest quarterback of all time. So uh, Rashad White, I think, can absolutely have a role this year and could be a really big piece of that offense moving forward. And, of course, even if you only get Brady for this year, there's some uncertainty At the running back position, but that's the case for for Fournette or White. And at that point, you know, I'll defer to the age a little bit. Um, Further down than that, I moved James Conner down five spots. He's my running back 32, similar to Fournette, but I view him kind of a cut below where if you're a contender, I can totally rationalize having him on your roster this year, but I'd rather sell him if I can. Just I think there's younger players that you can pivot to, or even if you have to pivot down slightly and you know, get whatever you can in terms of draft capital back. I don't hate that move at all. And uh, yeah, I mean, fine on contending rosters, but just kind of meh for the future moving forward. Um, And that's really the biggest part of it. I will say, uh, to be fair, there's probably still some tweaking to be done. This was right before preseason totally finished and cuts totally finished. So uh, prior to the Houston Texans moving on from Marlon Mack, I had Damian Pierce as running back thirty-eight. He will bump up for me, but it won't be a massive overreaction. Uh, he's not somebody that's gonna leap all the way into, you know, the top thirty at the position for me, um, just simply because of who's ahead of him. Uh, I didn't view Damian Pierce as highly as some others did when he was coming out into the NFL. I know he's had a big preseason, and obviously Marlon Mack was the biggest kind of hurdle in his way to get all that work there. But I'm gonna be a little more patient with him, you know. Leapfrogging some guys like Zamir White uh, in Las Vegas, James Cook with the Buffalo Bills. Even if Pierce can have a more consistent, you know, early down role, I think Cook offers something different on a much higher powered offense. And you know, after those guys, it's tough to move them ahead of people. Like in my opinion, I would pretty easily rather have Clyde edwards alaire and I know he's kind of a polarizing player, but after that, I mean, you just, there's not enough spots for him to jump up much further than that. I have Clyde edwards A'Laire running back 30, so to move him above that, you know, can I move Damian Pierce above guys like Rashad White, Tony Pollard, and Leonard Fournette, and Elijah Mitchell? No, I can't. Like, I, I understand the path to relevance, but uh, I don't know. I need to see continued NFL production out of him before I grossly overreact to where I already had him ranked after being kind of lower on him pre-draft than maybe some other people were. Um, And yeah, that's kind of the most notable stuff at running back. Uh, Further down, of course, you have players that have moved up and down a little bit, but you're clearly in a different uh, tier of running backs. Moving on to the wide receiver position, Um, some, this one's weird because it's almost like the middle of the group stayed more consistent than further down on the list. And I think it's a testament to just how deep wide receiver is um, as a whole, like as a position group in the NFL. It's just, there's so many good players that this is really easily and regularly the position where it's easy to be like, Oh man, I view this guy like a, like a wide receiver one, but there's just not enough spots, right? There's only t- 12, wide receiver ones in a 12 team league and there's just way more talented players than 12 at wide receiver specifically. So the rankings when you're going player by player, you know, outside that top 24 outside that top 36, it's like, Oh man, these are players that I still feel really good about and think can contribute on a regular basis and have really, really interesting long-term value. There's just so many of them. So the top two stay the same. Jamar Chase one, Justin Jefferson two. Flip a coin. I mean, they're both elite. There's, I, I don't have an argument, you know, really, really strongly for or against. I slightly prefer Chase, but it's really as close to a coin flip as you can get with those two. I think they are a clear cut above uh, the rest for whether it's age reasons, production reasons, projection reasons, whatever the case might be. Chase and Jefferson are an easy one and two. I did flip flop uh, three and four, Cooper Cup and Devonte Adams. Again, you're splitting hairs between those two, but I, you, I don't want to say you can't go wrong with either because I think cups older than people think sometimes or make note of sometimes. Not that he's uh, crazy old or anything like that, and he should still be very productive, but older than he gets talked about like sometimes. And Devontae Adams, not the youngest guy either, but two guys that have been highly productive And I'm not going to move them way below guys that I haven't seen be productive at that same clip. Um, Moving up to wide receiver five though. I had him eight prior. He's five. Now CD lamb. I think CD lamb is a a in store for a monster future. Um, And after some, I don't want to say reluctance, but being patient with him, he's inside my top five. Now the biggest corresponding move inside that top 10 uh, to account for lamb coming up three spots was Tyreek Hill going down three spots. So, Lamb and Hill pretty much flip flop. The guys in between, Lamb and Hill, uh, just to run you through, I guess, the top 12 at receiver since it is a stacked position group, I go Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb is the top five. And then Debo Samuel, six. A.J. Brown, seven. Tyreek Hill, eight. Stephon Diggs, nine. uh, Jalen Waddle, 10. T. Higgins, 11. And DK Metcalf, number 12. So, 12. And then from 12 to. 12 through 14 especially is uh, Like a murderer's row. It's very very tough to make those calls. I've uh, Metcalf 12 michael Pittman jr 13 and deontay johnson 14 and I think those guys are all incredible talents And then even going down, you know further 16 through 24 25 26 even into the 30s. It's crazy um, The next biggest mover in that kind of section there is terry mclaurin I had McLaurin down, probably too far to be fair early in the summer, and then after going through projections, even with you know Wentz at qu- or even you know assuming Wentz at quarterback for the season, I realized that you know by the numbers, by the projections, um, I do like Terry McLaurin more than I maybe initially thought or uh, seemed. So I moved him up ten spots. He's my wide receiver twenty-one. The guys ahead of him between Deontay and McLaurin. It's Mike Evans, 15, Garrett Wilson, 16, Drake London, 17, Chris Olave, 18, Keenan Allen, 19, Devontae Smith, 20. That group of the rookies there, Wilson, 16, London, 17, Olave, 18. It's the way I had them ranked coming in. Landing spot hasn't swung enough on any of them, in my opinion, to react really wildly. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be involved as a rookie. Probably not... Probably not to the quite the same degree that I think uh, London and Olave should be this year, only because I believe that the Jets very much so want to be a two tight end heavy team, and I don't expect them to be very very quick to take Corey Davis off the field this year. Not that Garrett Wilson's not couldn't be better than him or won't be better than him, but I just think while Corey Davis will have you know maybe a shorter leash if the drops. I don't want to say plague him, but come up in spots where they did last year. Then maybe they would work to get Wilson a little more involved, but he should pretty easily step in and be one of the top two guys next year uh, when the Jets can move on from Corey Davis. But even still love the talent and do think he can get some production this year. Same way that I think London will be a big part of the Falcons uh, plans and Olave, I think could be the true go-to guy there in new Orleans the next biggest mover after Terry at 21 is George Pickens. I moved George Pickens up to wide receiver 25 and I had him at 32 beforehand. Uh, I'm sorry, 31 beforehand. And it's not a gross overreaction. I don't think because I expect George Pickens to be the second most high or the second most targeted wide receiver on the Steelers this year. So I think Pickens Gets year one production at the uh, expense of Chase Claypool. I, I like Pickens more as a talent. I like Pickens more as a wide receiver, uh, and it reflects in the rankings. I have Pickens ranked much higher uh, than Chase Claypool, so it's a nice mix of both short-term return and long-term value for Pickens for me uh, because I think he's going to be a really terrific player and has probably found an easier path to playing time than I expected he would in his early or in his rookie season. The run that it goes on from Pickens at 25 to, man, like 37, 38, 40, really? 43. I mean, there's good players ranked into the 40s, players that we've labeled breakouts, players that we've said can outperform draft uh, draft cost or trade acquisition costs. Like, I have Gabe Davis at 43. I think Gabe Davis is going to have a really good year this year. I have Brandon Ayuk at 36, and I've been pretty vocal all offseason about the fact that I think brandon Ayuk really turned things around last year kind of quietly and was on pace for you know over 1100 yards in a pretty good season um and i think that that whole passing game gets a little bit of a bump with trey lance instead of jimmy garoppolo but it's just again like we talked about moving some of these guys up or moving um a player up like damian pierce at running back it's like okay i don't know how i can move gabe davis or brandon Ayuk over elijah moore or chris godwin or amon St. brown or darnell mooney or sky Moore, or mike williams or you know there's just so many players lumped from like the early 20s to the late 30s at wide receiver that it's like you'll see it stacked a million different ways um and you can't really argue too much with anybody about it right like somebody will be right somebody will be wrong But the point is the depth of the position at wide receiver specifically really makes it interesting to see how some of this stuff will shake out Uh, a couple other guys that moved pretty substantially for me is uh, I moved Wandale Robinson up 19 spots. He's my wide receiver 47 now. And that sounds like a kind of throwaway thing. Doesn't really matter a lot, but I think Wandale is going to be much more involved than I, I don't want to say than I expected, but again, preaching patience When the Giants selected Wandale Robinson, I was really curious to see how they were going to use uh, both him and Kadarius Toney at the same time. Since then, it's become pretty clear that they have a plan, I think, to use or utilize Wandale early on in his career, and that makes him pretty interesting, more interesting than I really expected from a fantasy perspective. Tight end. Hasn't changed a lot. (laughs) The top 12, I kept exactly the same. Did not change anything to my top 12 tight end rankings. Um yeah, I mean it's there's just not enough. I don't want to say I don't want to say there's not enough to go off of, but no reason to overreact, I don't think, to any of these guys that I had ranked in the top ten before or excuse me, top twelve before or had outside the top twelve before that. Um my top twelve for what it's worth goes Kyle Pitts one, Travis Kelsey, two, Mark Andrews three, George Kittle four, Darren Waller, five, TJ Hawkinson six, Pat with seven, Dawson Knox eight. Dallas Goddard nine, Dalton Schultz ten, Cole Komet eleven, and Noah Fant twelve. I guess two quick things about tight end, and we'll shout out maybe a couple guys that moved up. Is uh, I think uh, this wasn't like an overwhelming opinion, but there was people out there that were nervous about Dawson Knox losing market share to OJ Howard. <laughs> and uh, no disrespect to OJ Howard, but it was never going to happen. Uh, OJ Howard didn't make the roster. Dawson Knox, while might not have the same consistent or big target volume, is still a piece on one of the most explosive offenses with one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So I know you're betting on touchdown numbers, but I also think it's likely that he could take a bigger step forward. Gabe Davis can't get all the work, right? And obviously, Stefan Diggs will have his big cut of the pie, but I think Dawson Knox can be a solid contributor there. And Cole Komet is going to be involved. I know everybody... A lot of people have acted like, you know, there's no way Cole Komet will ever catch a touchdown, but I think, uh, I think he'll be just fine. I think he's going to get a healthy target share there in Chicago and be, you know, the second option in a passing attack that should be kind of headlined by him and Darnell Mooney. And I know that the Bears haven't admittedly done a lot to help Justin Fields, but with the talent that Fields has and how involved Komet should be. I lock him in as a back-end tight end one and if the touchdowns go his way you're talking about you know a potential top seven top six tight end, but just kind of Blends into the radar it doesn't feel super exciting or sexy one way or the other But koko will give you some value Some guys that moved up further down outside the top 12. I moved Isaiah likely up to tight end 19 I was up six spots He's going to be a big piece of what baltimore looks to do with as many tight ends on the field as they can get Um, but they're gonna treat him like a receiver. I'm not worried about him, you know Not being the biggest blocker or anything like that Isaiah likely is gonna be a a piece of that offense moving forward and Tyler Conklin for the Jets Um, I moved Conklin up to tight end 22 and I think Tyler Conklin really has a shot to be You know in the top three in targets for the Jets when it's all said and done He has been somebody they've looked to consistently through preseason through training camp Tyler Conklin is going to be the tight end if you if you're going to roster one from the Jets I would roster Tyler Conklin not CJ Uzama. I think they'll both play a lot But I think Conklin's the one they're going to lean on in the passing game Wouldn't shock me at all if he ended the season with 50 60 receptions I think he's going to be a big piece of what they look to do uh, Not only in the red zone, but just from move the chains perspective uh, In the middle parts of the field. I think he's going to be heavily targeted whether uh, It's Joe Flacco in the short term to start the season. But I think the same thing as soon as Zach Wilson's healthy and back out there, I think Zach Wilson is going to be uh, leaning on Tyler Conklin quite a bit. it was evident all through training camp and would not shock me in the least. So there you go. That's going to do it. Um, Check in at the end of summer rankings, post preseason rankings, regular seasons right around the corner and we're fired up. We can't wait for it. So new episodes weekly we'll settle into a more of kind of an in-season routine following week one right where we uh, You know can kind of recap some stuff that happened shout out some waivers grade some trades identify some trade targets But we'll kind of settle into a routine of some more consistent segments and then when the season the nfl season winds down We'll get back to doing You know rookie talk and stuff like that with some breaks along the way, you know it won't be total same stuff every week during the season, but I know everybody kind of settles into their routine and what they can find. So we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, again, I appreciate the patience in those couple weeks where we were off. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. And we'll be back with another episode of the Dynasty Drive next week. We'll talk to you guys then.